guys went to the barbecue yesterday? We had a good time, right? It was hot. It was hot. I just want to greet you in the name of God and to let you know, you know, this is like a, this is always a blessing for us to share with the church. It's also the most nerve-wracking situation in the world. From get to there to here is the most hardest part. Once you're up here, everything's fine. It's crazy, right? But I just want to say a prayer over you guys before we begin that God will just open your hearts and we just see the spirit of God move, what he has to say to you today. I really believe the Lord wants to encourage you and he's about to bring us into the next level in this church and it's, it includes all of us. It's not certain people. It's everybody in this place today. So Father God, I just thank you for this time, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you, in, in any weather, Father God, you call us to come to gather together to enjoy each other's um, presence, enjoy your presence as well, Lord God. So, Father, I just pray that you would just open each one's heart today, Lord God. Whatever you want to say to them, Father God, to encourage them, Lord God, to, to bring them to a place, Lord God, that they never have been before, Father God, I ask, Father God, that you would just use us, Lord God. We'll be obedient to what you have to say, Father God. We'll, we'll speak it in love, Lord God, and I know that your word will not come back void. So I thank you for this opportunity and time for me and Lee in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So first, I just want to ask for your forgiveness for all this nasally sort of stuff going on with me. I came down with an infection this week, and um, it's funny because every time we are asked to speak on a Sunday morning, something um, will come at us. And it's usually, for me, it's physical. Um, I don't know if you all know this, but the very first time that Pastor George asked my husband and I to team, um, to team preach together um, was a Sunday. That Tuesday, I got diagnosed with shingles. Um, the Holy Spirit has just been so faithful that we caught it right away. Um, they gave me medication. It lasted no longer than a week. I had no pain. It didn't go further than from what the rash first started with. And so every time we know that the afflictions, right, the Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. And I love what Paul said. He said, we are afflicted for your sake. I love that, and I, glory, I take my glory in that because the Lord has just come to us so strong this week. He's come to me so strong this week in my intimate time with him, in my time alone, in my worship, in my prayer time. He's come to me in such a powerful way for you, for you. You know, this is not an easy thing like my husband said, and not so much that we get nervous, but it's... It's God, meet these people in a way that their lives will be impacted. You see, our words alone in the flesh cannot impact your spirit. We cannot do this by the flesh. We understand that it is not by might, it is not by power, but it's by the spirit of the living God. So even though I came down with this whole infection this week, I was like, no, you know what? So this is not going to defeat me. I'm like, I'm going to show up to Sunday. And I was like, and I'm showing up to the barbecue on Saturday because I just had me a good old time with everybody. And so if I didn't get to sit down with you guys and talk with you, I, mean, I did my very best. Um, I apologize for that. But I want you to know that I really love you guys. Like, legit. Like, I really love, like, I love being around you. I love talking with you. I love fellowshipping with you. I love to hear testimonies from you. I love to hear your problems, and that's not a problem for me. You know, oftentimes a lot of people say to Josh and I, oh, hey, you know, we really wanted to talk to you about this, or God's kind of put you guys on my heart to speak to, but, you know, you guys look always look so busy. 
I know like 10 people could say amen to that in this room because you've come to me and you've said it. But I don't want that to discourage you from reaching out. You know, if you need prayer, that's what we're here for. You know, that's why the Lord has just seen fit to make us worthy of this high call and for the church to give us that title of a minister because we find a joy in coming to you and holding your hand and saying, what can we pray for? Right? That's why we're here. I mean, that's why we lay down our lives. That's why every leader in this church, every staff member, every team member has laid down their life in some way, shape, or form to be able to serve you. So don't ever feel bad that if you have a need and you need that need addressed, please, by all means, feel free to come to us. Feel free to come to the pastors. Feel free to come to the prayer team. Feel free to come to somebody that you can trust. Amen? Amen. You know, so, you know, we're here this morning, and again, God has just put such a strong word on my heart. I mean, and, and I'm, I'm encouraged for you, but I'm encouraged for me, right? Because the word of God is a double-edged sword, right? So not only, so, so when God gives us a word, or when God gives you a word, and he puts something on your heart for somebody else, I would encourage you to sort of check that and see where that applies for your own life, right? Because it's, it's nice. It's nice to see us up under these lights, right? It's cute. I think every <laughs> there's somebody in the church, I won't name his name, but he's going to probably laugh if he's sitting in the congregation, who kind of makes fun of me every time like I'm sort of dressed up. He's like, oh, that's why, because you're going up there this morning, right? That's why you got all did up, done up, because, you know, you're going to be in front of those people today. And he always jokes on me, and, you know, I love him in the Lord, so it's all good. Um, however, right, it looks all, it's all, it looks all put together up here, Right? But I said to you before that many are the afflictions of the righteous, you know? There are things that come against us as we're seeking the Lord for you. And even though those things come against us, greater is the word. Greater is he who's living on the inside of us, right? To come and to pour out life to you. Because not only when I think of you do I think, wow, they're pretty amazing people. I know God is thinking that about you. And he really wants to encourage you this morning. He wants to encourage me, you, all of us as a body. And so as you know, I'm doing the most important job of any and every mother, washing dishes. I'm praying, of course, because you know those are the moments where we get into the most intimate places with Jesus. Every mother in the house say amen. 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 <laughs> that in the bathroom, right? It's just something, it's a holy place. It is a holy place. And so as I'm, you know, in my sort of daily routine and having my time with Jesus, just constantly in prayer, just, you know, seeking him where I can, he whispers to me, Thessalonica. And I was like, huh? Now, if you're not familiar with Thessalonica, it was actually a church um, that Paul planted in the Bible in Greece. Um, and it was a church that was very well known and was actually doing really well. Um, and so I began to do a whole study on Thessalonica, and I began to see that the characteristics and the similarities of TSF and this church in Thessalonica, which is found in First and Second Thessalonians in the Bible, had so much in common with us, and I, my jaw, like, literally dropped. Literally dropped. Now, earlier this week, the Lord, um, actually last week, we were sharing with Pastor George a vision that God had put on, definitely put on our hearts, um, and that was... I saw the Lord using our church and opening up our church. Not that he already hasn't done this. He has. But I saw an increase and a growth um, in the numbers in our church with people that have been really hurt by other churches, people from different walks of life, faith journeys, finding a place that they can settle here and rest. 
and I saw a growth happening. And I, you know, and, and I think it's wise that we prepare for a growth of that magnitude. You know, there's, there's a reason why we just paid off the sprinkler system. There's a reason why we're getting, well, why the new roof um, is getting put up. See, there's a reason. This is not just so Jesus can show off. Okay, this is not so TSF and Pastor George and the team can have a really great testimony and a shiny, polishy, you know, story to go and tell, you know, our Christian friends. No, it's because Jesus is getting ready to provide a growth in this house like we've never seen it before. Literally, walls are going to come down. Literally, more space is going to be made for families to come in and find refuge. Like, this is not to just be cute. This is a real thing. You know, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Just like Mo was saying a little while ago, you know, we need you. We do. We need you. We want you, right? So beyond just needing you, we actually want you to participate. Just like we wanted to be around you yesterday and have that beautiful fellowship. And that's a huge undertaking. Huge. So big up to Danny and big up to Daisy for doing an incredible, excellent job in coordinating and facilitating and executing such an amazing time that, you know what, for many of us, we'll have those memories for life. So I don't know if you understand the impact there, but I hope you do, and I hope that you're encouraged because we love you guys. And the grace over your family and the grace over your lives is just so amazingly evident. Um, and so I hope that you both are really encouraged this morning. You're a blessing to the house of God, and we love you so much. Amen. And so as we prepare for this growth, you know, I was sharing this vision with Pastor George. And, you know, I share, you know, during my mommy prayer group on Tuesdays, big up if they're listening online. Oh, hello, online audience. Hi. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for tuning in this morning. So I was sharing this with my sister Alicia. And, and I'm telling her, yeah, the Lord's put a strong vision in my heart. And, and, I, and I start telling her, right? And so... She says, wait a second. She's like, I got to share with you this dream that I had. And for time's sake, I'm going to, she, she sent me um, the most accurate version of this dream so I didn't jack it up. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and I wanted to read it to you. It's so significant. She shares, last Monday night I had a dream that I entered through a set of double doors. This entry was followed by a long walkway and it seemed to be a waiting room. However, on both sides of this waiting room, there were 50 women on each side, all of whom were in labor. All that could be heard was the wailing of these women contracting, but there was also an excitement in the atmosphere because something gigantic was about to take place both spiritually and physically. As I looked around, I saw the leaders of our church, of TSF, assisting these women, coaching and encouraging them. Just when this overwhelming feeling was about to settle in my heart, I thought, how are we going to accommodate these babies safely? How are we going to prioritize? And then she looked around. And she's like, where's Pastor George? Then she heard the Lord say, I need you to go deliver these babies. So I ran to the woman who was crowning. So she shares me, with me this dream, and automatically I say to myself, confirmation, birth, get growing, right? That we need the laborers. You know that the, that the, the staff here at TSF is getting ready, staff, like seriously, we're about to like, it's about to be on, 
I mean, we, we, we really, like, what we've prayed for, what we've been standing for, all the trials, all the afflictions, all the frustrations, all the battles, financially, emotionally, spiritually, everything is about to be unveiled to us as to why we've had to walk through this. And so I just ask that every, that you lift up every leader and pastor in this house on a daily basis, that each one would be filled overwhelming me with the grace of God to be, be able to handle the work that's about to come to us. And so my husband then comes to me and says, as we're prepping for this message, he says, I really want to pick the name this week for the message. So I'm like, yeah, babe, go ahead. It's all you. Now, I didn't share with him the dream that she had. I sort of kept it to myself. I took it into prayer. I was encouraged, and I left it at that. Two days later, my husband comes to me. He says, oh, I have the name. So what do you want to name it? He says, stand and deliver. I mean, that just cannot be coordinated with, I mean, really, come on. How can we coordinate that? We just can't. That was all Jesus coming in like a mighty rushing wind saying, I am here with you. I am speaking to you. This is my rhema word over the church. I heard him say, I love my church. I'm excited for my church. And so I want to share with you, huh? I want to share with you why you're doing such a good job. Because you know what, church, you're doing a good job. You're doing a really good job. You know what, to every pastor, every leader, every prayer warrior, every volunteer, listen, you're doing a really good job. Would you just tap the person next to you, look at them straight in the eye and say, you're doing a good job. Mean it when you say it too, please. You know how I know you're doing a good job? Because last week during worship, I saw members of this church worshiping and without an altar call, go to another family member of this church and lay hands and pray over them. Because I saw church members last Sunday freely give of their time and volunteer for the ushers ministry. Again, freely out of their time. Good job, church. Good job. Because... Like I said before, I saw Daisy for the first time step up to the plate and take over and coordinate this whole thing in Sandy's absence, the whole barbecue. So good job, church. Good job. Because I heard the testimony this week about one of our very own church members who took in another family into her home while this family gets ready to move into a new place. Good job, church. You're doing a really good job. Because we heard from Pastor George this week that, like I said before, we finished paying off the sprinkler system and we're already started on the new roof, which tells me that the, finance, the finances of this church are being diligently divided. So good job, church. Good job, church. Because this week I heard two testimonies when we had from our anointing service on a Wednesday night prayer. One person, actually both of these people I know, one is a little bit closer to me than the other person. The, this young woman, she came in and she had, they had found cancerous polyps 
on her uterus and her and her husband right now are, are believing to have a child and she, she was so discouraged by this news but she believed Jesus and she believes that the Holy Spirit can do all things and so she came in faith and she stood up here and we laid hands over her and she went to the doctor she had her procedure they opened her up they removed all the cancerous polyps there is no cancer on her uterus and she's getting ready to start her procedures to be able to have a baby so good job church good job church and the other testimony I heard was of another woman who came here who was also diagnosed with cancer who had cancer on her kidneys. The report was that one of the kidneys had so much cancer that they were probably 80% sure that they were going to have to remove her kidney. And she came. She's not even from our church. But she's heard of the faith that lives in this house. And so she came on a Wednesday night. We laid hands on her. We declared that that kidney would not have to be removed because if it did, she'd have to be under, you know, um, medical care for the rest of her life. We declared it in Jesus' name. She went to the doctor. She had the procedure. They opened her up. Not only did they get all the cancer out, but they did it without removing the kidney. Good job, church. Good job, church. This is how I know. This is why I'm confident in every word that I speak to you. And this is why I'm confident to say to you, thus saith the Lord. We are very careful when we say that because we understand that not everything we think and feel and sense is God. But this one thing we do know. And so as God was talking to me about the church of Thessalonica, he was telling me, and as I was doing my study, it's amazing, the location of the church of Thessalonica in Greece was located in a harbor. Now check this out. If this, this doesn't blow your mind, like, I don't even know. I should just go home because... I mean, it blew my mind, right? So this church was located on, on the harbor where vessels, where vessels find shelter, especially from rough waters to take rest, to be able to continue on with their journey. There's, it's a safe place. It's a place of protection. It is located in the safest place. In fact, it was so safe that history tells us that King Xerxes actually used the harbor in Thessalonica as one of his naval stations in war. Now, if you know anything about history, you know King Xerxes was one of the mightiest kings that ruled back in those days. And so when I was reading this, I was like, wow, God, you surely are using this place as a safe place to protect those who have been hurt from the outside because they're coming in to a place, they're coming face to face with the people who have met with Jesus face to face and who have a willingness to pour out from the wellspring of the life of Christ inside of them to see those people healed, to see the hurting healed. And so Paul sends Timothy, um, Paul plants the church and he sends Timothy to bring him back a report. And in 1 Thessalonians, in chapter 3, verse 7 to 13, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. I know that the leaders in this church are encouraged when we see your faith, when we see you grow in the Lord, when we see you move according to the will of God. That brings so much joy to our minds, to our hearts, to our souls. And then, then in verse 8 it says, For now we really live. Now we really live 
since you are standing firm in the Lord? How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? See, when you're, when you're obedient, right? I don't know if you all know this, but do you know that your obedience affects us? Do you know that? Do you know that? God has commissioned us to watch over your souls. And that, that's, that's deep. That's really deep. So when we see you walking in faithfulness and when we see you walking out, the things that are being taught and preached from this pulpit every Sunday, the discipleship classes, the Sunday school classes for our children, all these, these, these things that you're provided with, when we see you walking that out, it just, it, it's like life. Like he says, now we're really living, right? It's such a confirmation to those who labor in the Lord. Wow, God, look at them. And so we're able to go before God and worship him in a way that not everybody in this church can. And that's an honor and a privilege. And so the verse goes down to say, night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may, God and, uh, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else as just as ours does for you and may you strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our god and father when the lord jesus comes with all his holy ones i want you to know church you are doing a good job ultimately the father is at work keeping you for the day of redemption one powerful teaching that Paul was bringing to the church of Thessalonica was that Jesus was going to come again and that their redemption was drawing near and that they were to live holy and blameless before the Lord and obedient lives so that they might prove the will of the Father. And he's coming to them with a strong encouragement. And so we come to you with a strong encouragement this morning. And we know that not, we know church is not perfect. And so there were some challenges that this church was facing. And so my husband's going to come and share with you a little bit about that. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm a movie buff, right? So I love movies. So I spend my youth watching TV all the time, right? So this is just a little phrase that the Lord gave to me according to Stand and Deliver. He said, knowing your place where you stand is crucial to what you will deliver. Where we stand in God and where the position you're in, what is going to come out of you that is so crucial. Because if I'm in a place that's negative and I'm in a place that's damaging or a place of hurt and brokenness, what's going to come out of me is hurt and brokenness. And I'm going to spill that over to other people. But if you know where you stand in God and know who you are, which is, that's what I'm going to try to do today, to encourage you to show you where you are in Christ, you're going to produce something wonderful. And that wonderful thing is what God is planning to do in this place. And it includes me and it includes you. So let's go to the movie series, right? There was a movie in 1988 that was called Stand and Deliver. It was a math teacher who provided an opportunity to students with low grades and social problems and saw the hidden potential of his class and decided to prepare them for the AP calculus by, the, by their senior year. With grave adversity from teachers and low expectations from society, they, live in this past, they, live, they lived in and they passed the test. When the test came back, they were accused of cheating. And when they were forced to take it again, one, one day notice to prepare, and they still passed the test with a higher score. See, God's, God is that teacher. 
God saw the, the situation that we're in. He, see the, he, saw the, he saw potential in us when no one else saw us. He saw potential when people spoke negative about us. or speak, People said that we're nobodies and stuff. God looked inside of us and said, no, there's something about it. And I'm going to teach these people and train them to do something that it can never, the society and the way they think in their minds can never, never take them. So I'm going to read from Ephesians 2. This is a place where we were at one point in our lives. I'm going to say we. I'm going to say all of us. And if you, ha- if you haven't come to this place and you don't know Jesus, I pray that even sitting there that you would just find Jesus because this is for you too. Okay? Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you, were wa- in which you once walked following the, cur- the, the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we will all live in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and mind, and we were, we were by the nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespass and made, our life together, made, a, made us alive together with Christ, by grace, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus." So that in the coming ages, he might show his immeasurable riches of his grace in the in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no man may boast. But for we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we will, we will follow. That, this, is, this is what God did for us. He took us out of a place of nothing. And saw, and saw his love for us actually took us in and raised us up in highly, high places. I want to today tell you, if you know Jesus today, you are seated with him in high places. You're no longer being pushed by the, the disobedience of the ways of our flesh and do whatever we want and, and sin and just feel free to do whatever we want. If someone curses us, we curse them back. If somebody, somebody tries to attempt to hurt us, we, we want to kill them. Like That's not, not our nature no more. We're seated with God. And where we stand is so important what's about to come out of us. Sometimes the enemy, just like in Thessalonica, they, they, they were surrounded by so much garbage over there. It talks about hedonism. Like there was so much horrible stuff that was going around, sexual things and, and idol worship. But these are people in the midst of that situation follow Christ. And they looked to God and they were excited for God. They were excited about what was happening. and They, they didn't let the things around them bother them. The enemy would try to come back and try to dictate to you and tell you that this is who you are. But we're standing in Christ. If you're struggling in life, if you're struggling with things and things that keep coming back, I want to let you know you stand in Christ today in heavenly places. You're no longer that person that you were before. We're not that people. We're not a people that, that live the spirit of disobedience lives inside of us and we just do whatever we want. We're not those people no more. So Paul writes an encouragement to them so they can stand strong and not go weary. This is the first, I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 12 to 19. Now I'm going to break. I, I, last night, I was just going to read it, but God was like, no, each, each line, I want you to stop and pause on each situation. So I'm going to stop and pause on it, okay? This is uh, verse 12. We ask you, no, not verse 12. Would that say 12? Yes. So, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them highly, very highly in love because of their work. You heard that? You know that the job that, like, you know, people, uh, Pastor George, you know, people say, yo, you have like a pastor's heart. I'm like, no, 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 stop that. 
You know the job of a pastor is the hardest thing in the world? To minister to the people because not only you have to live a certain way and live according to God and the grace and mercy of God, but I have to show that as well to others. Despite if people, they come out to you. People can curse you. You can't be like, well, your mother too. You, know? <laughs> you can't live like that. We can't say what we want to say. Well, he, he looked like he's about to hit me, so I hit him first. Like, that's not our nature. No, we can't behave like that. It's maintaining a peaceful attitude and a love towards people and seeing compassion for them. I never, I wasn't that person. Let me tell you, I was not that person. Like, I, and I'm talking about, what was it, last year? You can take a seat. It's going to be a... I was talking about like last year, you know, I'm like, I'm in, a, I'm in a place where I'm like, oh, this guy is stepping up. Like, so, I, didn't, I didn't know how to handle situations, so I would just be like, stay quiet. And if it gets, if it gets a little too much, then I'll jump in. I don't know how to handle things. I want to fight. Let's fight. You know, let's fight. He said, what to my wife? Oh, that's it. I don't know how to handle it. She knew how to do those things. And she would tell me, well, no, you don't handle things like that. But that was like the, a, a nature of mindset that I was always at. And then when I came to a place of, of, of God placing us in leadership and different like that, God just put like a compassion for people in my heart where I was just like, I don't want to see people fall. I don't want to see people. I don't want to be angry at nobody. I don't want to see them. They're hurting. If they're hurting me, I don't want to hurt them back. I want to show them the way. I want to lead them. I want to bring them to a place where, where we, we're in agreement with what the word says. And that comes from God because that's, like that's not the old nature. But in Christ now, that's who we are now. To have a new nature, to have a loving heart, to have kindness towards people. Because you, you see past the offense. You look past and you see someone that's broken and hurting. And you want to bring them to a place where they're free once again. So it's hard for us to be in that position. So I say pray for us. You know, and, and the respect doesn't come like a God or worshiping a, a leader as a God. But it's in, in love, in your love for us as leaders. Because the, the job is hard. Well, some of you are going to be leaders one day. It's a hard task. What we're doing right now don't work. We just got to learn how to submit to God first, you know, and then able to, do, to, to give it to other people. So the next verse says this. And it's, oh, no, I just read that. Excuse me. Be, be at peace among yourselves. That's a whole other story right there, right? To be at peace among yourselves. You know, I, I remember um, my brother, before um, God just began to set him free and do wonderful things in his life, he had a storm inside of him. It was like a tornado in his life. And no matter where he went and what he did, it, the same problem occurred. He just was frustrated and angry. Nothing changed. And he was like, I want to way out of this situation. I want to get out of this. But I, the, the only way that situation would stop is the storm would stop inside of him. And as soon as the storm would stop inside of him, then God was able to move and give him peace. And he was able to be free and move and things like that. You know how many times we have a storm inside of us and someone offends us? That storm was staying us for years. And we can't move forward. There's no peace. Until that storm stops, there's no peace. And we'll go to one church, to another church, to another church, to another church, and you'll have the same problem there. Oh, sister, something at this church told me this. But God wants to give you peace inside your heart so that no matter where you go or who does what to you, nothing will move you. Nothing will take you out of your, your place where you're standing at. The enemy wants to remove the place where you're standing. He knows. See, if, if you will understand this, that God has a place for all of us about to birth something. And if we knew that if the enemy could get you out of your place, you won't birth that thing. So he'll send every offense, every a negative thing. And, and to be honest, a lot of those things will be true. You've been hurt and people will disrespect you and people do wrong to you. But the enemy goes, good, I'm glad that happened to you. So you never do anything ever again. So I pray to be peace among you today. 
That you let the peace of God come in your heart and calm that storm that the enemy has tried to rose up in you and allowed your brothers and sisters in Christ to try to destroy you. I pray peace over that today. It says, we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle and encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. Admonish the idle. How many people you know that people don't do nothing? I'm not just talking about ministry because, you know, I don't want to put you in a place where you got to do ministries. I won't teach Sunday school for no thing. Sunday school and toilets, I'm out of that. That's not my calling. In the name of Jesus. But I'm talking about, like, people that you know that they hear the word, they, they, they love God, but they don't practice those things. It's our job to go to them and say, look, I know that you're stuck in this thing, but I'm going to help you move, for, move forward. I'm going to help the faint heart. I'm going to help that person that's given up. You know how many times leaders become faint hearted? What are we doing? It? It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. And you know, it's not only our job to do that to them, but it's also your job to encourage the leaders to take them when they're faint hearted and say, I know you're weak and weary right now, but you're doing a good job. Let's move forward. That's the same job for us to do to you. When you're weak and you're weary, it's our job to come to you and say, you know what, let's move forward. Let's keep going. I know you're tired, but everything's going to work out. We've been in that place, and so you, you've been in the place where we've been, so let's just keep moving. That's our job to do those things, to help the weak. There's a lot of people that's weak. I, and again, I'm going to talk about myself again. I'm just the kind of person, when you're weak and you're coming to problems all the time, I say, like, yeah, how many times do I pray for this person? What's going on? They're not catching it? What's wrong with them? That was my attitude. I was like, but God was like, that's not what I called you to do, you knucklehead. Like, I called you to, to, if they're weak, to bring them up, to strengthen them. I didn't want to take responsibility. So if you were weak and you came to the altar, and like, I'm dealing with this again. I was like, I was like, you pray for them. <laughs> What's Beverly that? I did that I, me and Beverly were praying. I did that one time. I was like, you pray for that. God, I don't want to pray for them. I ain't dealing with that. That was my attitude. I'm being honest. But then God was like, but they're weak. Why don't you help them? It's your job and my job to help each other when we're weak. It says, and be patient with them all. Oh, my Lord. You know, when Paul is talking, he's not just talking to leaders. He's talking to the whole body of Christ. Oh, my God. I'll be patient. I'm not patient, right? I, I, I stopped. I walked, for like years, I stopped going to the store because I couldn't sit there. I'm having like, my neck will be all cricked up in the suit. We were like shopping. I'm like, okay, my neck's hurting again. We got to go. I, you can see, how many people see me when she's talking to somebody in church? And I'm like, Lee. 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 I, I say Lee now. I used to be like in a place where I will just give her a stare, like from a distance. And so I think your husband's looking at you. Like, it's time to go. I have no patience. No patience. But your patience is needed to deal with, to deal with the body of Christ? When someone's not doing, some people, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Forget about that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. We never say forget about people. Even if they're doing wickedness, the Bible says don't treat them as, as evil, but treat them as your brother. Correct them as your brother. It's, that's, it's a hard trick, but that's what we got to do, right? It says, see that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another, everyone. Oh, come on, man. We're not that people, right? We're not going to put evil for evil. Oh, you done me wrong? I'll get you later. You know? We got to do good when people do us evil. We got to stand in that place of good, even though we don't feel it sometimes. You got to know that what I'm doing here is going to work something great out. There's something that's going to come from this place. There's something that come from me dealing with some kind of nonsense or some kind of trial. If I stayed, if I give back that evil, it's just going to be... I hear so many stories in the body that, that people, did you did me wrong? Well, I'll do you wrong. Oh, you should do this because they did that to you. And I go back and forth. And she, and she would tell me these things like, you know, I'm like, oh God, I can't take it. I'm getting anxiety right now. I'm sitting there, it's taking away my peace. And it was like... Because it's a sickening. It's a sad situation when people want to pay evil for evil. Do good to that the person that does you wrong. 
But the Bible says it heats coal on people. The foolish people, you're the, you, you standing for right with righteousness, that person that's doing that stuff is going to bring shame. Because you're standing in Christ, you're doing the right thing. And let God be the one to deal with them. You do your best to be at good peace with all men, but if let God do the ultimate problem, that's wrong with the person. It's not my, I'm not the Holy Spirit. My job is not to change you. My job is to encourage you and to uplift you so that the Holy Spirit can enter in and He could change you. No one's perfect here, right? Check this out. It says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice always. Always rejoice. Even in the, the, the dark times. It's our point to rejoice. And pray without ceasing. We were talking about that in the ministry. Like, how do you pray without ceasing? I can't be on my knees all day long. It's an attitude. You're always in communion with the Father. In every situation. You don't go to church and then serve Jesus. And then you go to work and it's like, oh, I'm too busy right now. I love God. I'm going to go pray when I get home. But I ain't bringing him here. No, there's a place. In everywhere you go, you, go, you bring God as the forefront of your mind. That if you're in your job and things are crazy in your job, say, look, I'm walking into this place, Lord. I need you right now. I need you to help me get through this situation. I need you to help me with these. I have, I have a lot of like atheists or whatever. They say they're atheists, but, you know, they don't, they don't believe in God. So they sit in, in the rooms and joke about religion and all this stuff like that. And I walk in there and I'm like, well, I'm not religious. I got a personal relationship. So you ain't talking about me. So I'm cool with that. No, and I still minister the gospel. But I still pray. And they cry. They hear the Lord. They, they get blessed by it. And then they go back to, oh, I'm a spiritualist. I'm doing this. I don't believe in that. I say, all right, it's okay. I'll talk to you later. God will give you a word later and you'll cry again. Because the Spirit of God is touching them. That's not my job to change. It's not my job to, to correct them and say, oh, stop talking about my Jesus. That's not my job. My job is just to spread love to them. To give the opportunity so when that visitation comes for them and God shows up in their life, wherever they're going through, I thank God I was able to be a testimony to that person. And they allow their garbage and their frustrations and their insecurities and their fear dictate to me what I was going to do. Because I stood. I stand in the place, right? It says, give thanks to all in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That, this is all the will of God for our, for our lives as a church. We're no longer those people that allow the, the spirit of disobedience to fall inside of us and let us do whatever we want. We follow Christ now. That's not our way. If you, know, if you want to know where you stand today, you stand in Christ. You stand seated in high places. You're no longer that person no more, right? Check this out. It says, um, this is 1 John 3, 9. This is going back to like the whole pregnancy stuff, right? You're talking about? Everybody's having babies, right? It says, this is 3, 9. Yep. It says, the evidence we are, the evidence that are we are his children, no one is, let me read it from here. No one is, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For the God seeds and abides in him. God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he, he, he has been born of God. The seed of God is in you. Once you accept Christ into your heart, his seed is planted in you. And that seed is planted in you. The fruit of that that's supposed to grow is supposed to be the things of God, the fruit of God. It's no longer the fruit of sin that grows inside of us. And if you do sin, we all make mistakes and we do things we shouldn't have to do. But it's not a continuous thing and it's not a lifestyle. It's not like I say, like, you know, throw a bird in the air, like, oh, forget you. It's not like that type of lifestyle. We make mistakes, but God, the seed is in us still growing. It's growing, it's growing, it's growing and growing. And God is saying, I see potential in my people, so that's why I called them. The Lord has called us. He came and saved us. When we were looked upon down, no one looked good, highly of us. No one thought highly of us. We didn't think highly of ourselves. If you think back to where you were before you came to Christ, you're like, I couldn't picture myself where I'm at right now, worshiping God. People were drinking, we were all smoking weed and all this craziness, right? 
I, 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 was, I loved weed when I was young. I don't know. I had no Jesus. I had Jesus. I had Jesus, but I wasn't living for God. I grew up in church, but I was so influenced what was around me. And the influence around you could destroy you. People in church would infiltrate the church and come in and they say, yo, let's go hang out. Let's do this. All right. So we all church. We're a family. We had unity in my old church growing up. We had unity. Yo, we were all smoking weed together. There was unity. I don't know it was bad, but it was unity. But God is saying, I want you to have that same unity without the weed. The seed he wants to give you. <laughs> yo, the seed he wants you to smoke is the seed of Jesus, the spirit of God. Let's be real. He planted that seed. That seed is about to bud. Right? That was good, babe. That was good. It's about to bud. Good job. Good job. <laughs> so we, I want to share with you everything that you've been going through in Christ that's being negative is birth pains. We've been going through birth pains. I don't care how long it's been. We've been going through birth pain. I'm, I'm not a woman. I don't give birth to no babies. But I, if, if this is what birth pains feel like, I don't want to have a baby. <laughs> the struggles, the frustrations, the lessons we learn, the corrections we get, all these things that throughout the years, the disobedience that I was, but then I had to submit and all these different things was all part of the birth pains that God's about to birth in your life. God is going to birth something wonderful. The Bible says... Um, um, don't go weary in doing good, because in due season you'll reap a harvest. And what's been happening inside of us is a harvest about to burst forth. A harvest is going to burst forth in your life. And, I don't, and sometimes that sounds like Christian lingo or something like that, but just think of it like this. Every good thing that God has promised is about to come out in your life. And because those good things are about to come out in your life, the pain you've been feeling, when you look back at that time, when the pain was rough and it was hard times, you can be like, oh, I'm so glad I went through that garbage. I'm so glad my kid got sick. I'm so glad I went through that situation. I'm so glad I fought with my wife. I'm so glad I, I lost my job. I'm so glad for that because it brought me to the place where I am at right now. Receiving the blessings of God. Receiving the fruit of God. We don't blow with the wind no more. That's not who we are. God sees us and he sees that this is a good church. And it's community building. And there may be mistakes along the way that got us to a place where we kind of close ourselves up. And we're like, no, nah, no. Nah. You know, sometimes we talk about outside, but sometimes we got hurt in the church too, in this church too. By people offending. And sometimes people don't even talk to each other. But I'm going to let you know, God sees you. He says, that's not the kind of person you are. You are a family in this place. And not only as leadership, we're going to stand as a united front, but the people of God are going to stand with us in a united front. And nothing that comes from the outside is we're going to allow anymore. And we're not going to allow even in here to come to rise up. We're going to come in love and share the love of God and, 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 and guide people. And like a hospital, somebody's, you know, they tell pregnant women to walk around when you're pregnant. I can't imagine now. You, you're walking around and say, walk around. You've got pain. That's our job as a church when someone's got pain and they're about to birth. We need to identify those people and not take offense and then help those people go to where God wants to get to that point where that delivery comes through. It's a season of delivery for us, guys. And we're going to stand so strong as a body of Christ that nothing, we're going to be able to identify when something is wrong. When something comes in and it's not right, all our eyes are going to be keen. Like, you ever watch security? I sat in the back, I'm always staring at everybody. I don't know, that's like an old security thing I have. And I'm just watching, just watching. We should be able to know when something's out of place. And when we talk afterwards, did you see that? Did you see what's going on? Yeah, I was watching it too. I was watching it too. We were all in one accord. That shouldn't just be the leadership. That should be all of us together in one accord. 
to protect each other, to watch over each other, to help each other grow. Because I'm not, it's not just me giving birth, it's not just George giving birth, but it's Alice giving birth, it's you, my man giving birth, it's you giving birth, all of us going to give birth. This is all, we're all going to give birth at the same time. It's not just some people and the rest of them are not doing. That's not what God is saying. God is saying we're all going to give birth at the same time. But we need to come in one accord with each other. And do like, the, like, like um, that First Thessalonians says. Respect each other. Honor each other. Look out for each other. Encourage each other. So I want to say sorry. If I never did that to you, I want to say sorry. I got like five kids and a wife that talks and people want to talk to me. So. But I want to let you know right now that it's our job. I mean my wife and everybody's job and it's your job. You see me, encourage me. If I see you, you're hurting, I'm going to encourage you. That's our job, and the enemy will not get in. And it will be known throughout the years and the years of sanctuary fellowship how this is a, a true fellowship, a true place of sanctuary. And when every church falls apart and people go backsliding and the very elect fall down and, and end up in sin again and start doing things of the flesh once again, we will not be those people. We're not going to be those people. And you know how we watch each other? We take accountability of each other. I watch over you. Yo, bro, don't do that. Sister, you shouldn't do that. Let's go this way. Let's do it this way. No, no, no. We're going to keep on loving. Then you get him on the other side because he's not listening to me. You go get that person and you talk to the person. And then I work here. You bring a witness. Help him. This is what we're supposed to be. And this is what God wants to do right now. And we're not going to let it. We're not, and we're not going to deal with anger. We're not going to be in frustration. We're not going to hurt nobody. We're not going to disrespect nobody. We're going to do it in love. In love as, as my brother and sister, as my children, as, as my, brother, my sister got hurt, my wife got hurt. I'm not going to yell. I'm going to show her the way. Because we're all growing and we're all going to birth it. I can't birth this without you. And you can't birth this without me. And George can't do it without you. It's impossible. It's not just two people get birthed and everybody else is out of order. That's not going to happen. We're all going to stand in order together. Right? So when, when, God saw the Thess- when Paul saw the Thessalonian church, he was so blessed by them because they were faithful and they love God and they stood in their place so where you stand today is in Christ Jesus unified as all of us in one body and we're all going to give birth together right in the name of Jesus Amen. in that spirit I'm going to ask everybody to rise I want everyone to just close their eyes and bow their head Jesus, these are the people that belong to you. These are the people you came for, the people that you suffered for, the people that you died for. These are the children of the light that you have redeemed and washed in your word and made brand new. Lord, you've entrusted these people to the pastors, to us, and to the rest of the leadership at the Sanctuary Fellowship. And so I ask that you multiply your effective grace over staff, every staff member, every leadership, every team member, so that we can cover your people from the schemes of the enemy so that we can present to you a church that is healthy and vibrant and full of your good work. I bind every rebellious, evil, divisive, wicked, and witchcraft spirit that has come in to give unrest to the peace sanctity, truth, and fellowship here in our church. By the spirit of the one and only true living God and by the authority of the blood of Jesus, I bind every demonic lie that has made an attempt to convince and persuade God's people to be against the church. I command that every satanic seed be uprooted. You have no place here. Your time is up and we serve you. Notice, go now in Jesus' name. Now, therefore, God, I ask that you would bring deliverance, healing, peace, 
and comfort over every divided, hurting, angry, resentful, and bitter heart in this place, God. Holy Spirit, manifest your glory as we stand together in unity and as we enjoy you in worship, in the word, and in agreement. And this will be a confirmation to our hearts. Holy Spirit, allow the pleasure of an obedient, yielded, and submissive mind and heart in you fill us to overflow. Yes, Lord, let this be a pleasure to our soul. Let the bond of unity be stronger in this place and more fierce than any and every bond of wickedness that tries to come in and bring disunity among us. Allow us to see it from afar off and to protect one another in love. Let our shield of faith turn every attack the other way. Give us a glorious victory so that we may make your name famous in the earth. Holy Spirit, take this message and the witness of Christ inside of us to our families, to our friends, to our loved ones, to our communities, to our city, to our country, and to the nations, God, so that we might declare your faithfulness in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor E, who is already up here. Amen, amen. Come on, somebody bless the Lord today. Wow. You know, I say family a lot because I believe that this is an extension of your families. You know, and the same things that we deal with even in our personal and our, our real families, we deal with here, man. You know, we love each other, then sometimes we hate each other. Sometimes we'll help each other. Sometimes we just feel like, I just want to give up on that person. But the reality is that when we have that seed of God in us, we don't have that luxury to just give up on one another. We don't have the luxury to continue to live in pride, to be a hindrance to what God is, kind of, is, is, is doing. And I believe God is doing something here.